Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 91. There's so much entertainment that is offered on Royal Caribbean cruises, from shows to dining to pools, ice skating, DreamWorks characters, and a whole lot more. And for many adults, a Royal Caribbean cruise is not complete without a stop at the Casino Royale. This little taste of Vegas at sea offers a lot of options to choose from. So this week, let's explore what's available at Royal Caribbean's casinos and discuss what you can expect both in terms of gaming and the experience itself. Here we go. Nothing stirs your sense of excitement quite like the sounds of cards being shuffled, chips being stacked, and my favorite sound, slot machines paying out. Royal Caribbean's casinos are a big part of the onboard entertainment, and whether you're a first-time player or a resident card shark, there's a lot to choose from. Slots, tables, lights, and more are available on board Royal Caribbean chips, and this week I wanted to explore what Royal Caribbean offers and give some insight into the basics as well as the payoffs if you really are into the gaming scene. There's a lot to discuss, in fact, so... You know what, I reached out to one of our podcast listeners who is an avid fan of the Casino Royale, and I knew that she could definitely help shed some light on what to expect. Frankly, I love inviting members of the Royal Caribbean blog family to talk Royal Caribbean with me. And so this week, it's my pleasure to welcome our special guest, Stephanie Zackheim. Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Matt. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Glad to have you on here. Actually, you know, it's funny, Stephanie, you and I were talking about the idea of doing this kind of episode, and... I actually had an email about this, and it's actually from Jose, who wrote, Hi, Matt. I know you have many different podcast requests, so sorry. Here's another one for you. Many people go to the casino while on board, so why not have a podcast all about the casino at Royal Caribbean? You can discuss the different games the casinos offers, any tournaments they hold, special offers the casino offers to Royal Caribbean guests, and the Players Club. Do they teach any of the games to new players? When do they open? Is it different than a land-based casino? Thanks a lot. And, you know, this is a great email, Stephanie, and you by far are the, in my opinion, the (laughs) Casino Royale expert, and I'm going to give some background. If you listen to our, what was it, the the, uh, 50th episode, the one-year anniversary uh, episode. The live show, yes. Exactly, which was around episode 52, I believe. And, Stephanie, you called in, and you you were dropping truth bombs on us about the casino so you are and and you are a member of uh, club royale so that's obviously giving you a little street cred right there and uh so i wanted to bring you on here to talk about the about the casino so let's talk let's actually let's start off with 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 jose's question this is a really good starting point and here's a really basic question um what are the kind of games that you can typically find in the casino on a royal caribbean ship you can find a variety of games. Um, of course, it, it uh, depends on the class of ship, how large the casino is. The Oasis class has the largest casino, even larger than Quantum class. And um, you can find Blackjack. You can find Roulette. You can find Caribbean Stud. You can find Texas Hold'em. Of course, regular slots. Um, so a plethora of games out there for everybody to play. Craps, roulette. Uh, yes. So you have you have, you have a, yep yeah I know you everyone always thinks about like the really eccentric games but they've also got the basics there as well right. and uh, a couple different kind of pokers uh, games so yeah there's there's quite a bit and there's a lot of slot machines in fact and you know my my folks my parents are are big slot fans they're just like they're the kind of people that just go on the only gamble really with slot machines and you know there's they love video slots and there's quite a bit of variety you can have kind of the old style. Uh, you know, one arm bandit kind of slot machines. You also have, you know, the the ones that are essentially video games <laughs> that are masquerading as, right. as slot machines. 
and it's kind of cool. And and I agree that you know if you were to look at you mentioned Oasis is, is pretty big, but you know what? Even I remember the casino on Jewel this season was, was wasn't bad at all. It was a good size a uh, uh, venue. Oh, okay. Well, I was never on a Radiance class ship. That's the only class of ship I wasn't on. So I take your word for it. Um, even the one I was on Vision last year, and and that one was still pretty big. But just really, Oasis is like double the size. Um, it's just really, really very large, and a lore, of course. Of course. So one of the questions Jose had was, do they teach any of the table games to new players? Yes, and they do. They do, absolutely. In fact, uh, there's two things that I've discovered, uh, Stephanie. One was that there are actually, like, you, if you look at your cruise compass, you'll find, you know, set times, you know, like, come learn whatever, <laughs> you know, uh, craps at 3 o'clock. Um, but, you know, I've also found them, they're pretty inviting. We went, I remember I was on, I think it was on Jewel this season. In fact, I was there with my friend. Hi, Tim. And we were on, uh, he doesn't listen, but we were, we were on the pot, we were there and we had never, you know, we, we, our game was uh, roulette and blackjack and we, you know, we've always seen crafts, we just didn't understand it. And the guys, you know, this was in the afternoon, but the guy took his time, he explained the whole game, I still don't understand it, but he did take the time to explain it. And they do that for other games, poker, uh, blackjack, I think that the, the, really, the, they're very inviting, certainly down there. They watch your business, let's be honest. Oh, absolutely, and I, I've had the exact same experience as you. Um, I, there was a time when I was trying to learn um, roulette at first, and which is actually a very easy game, but still, I just wanted to make sure I was playing correctly. I, wanted, I didn't want to be embarrassed, and they were very polite, and, and even if I did make a wrong move, they just would politely move my chip over and say, no, do it like this. <laughs> they were very inviting and helpful. Yeah, and, I've been uh, to... They're very oh, go good. Ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. I was going to say, you know, you, you brought up a really good point and something that's really important to note is that with, with gaming, a lot of games are simple. Roulette's a great example of that. But there's a lot of formality to the game. Like, right. you know, you have to put you have to know to put your money on the table. You don't just hold it out there. It's kind of a weird little nuance. And there's little things like that. And I found that on Royal Caribbean ships compared to – we go to land casinos every now and then. And land casinos – there's a lot of more of the formality to it, and, and people expect you to know the rules. And quite frankly, if you're a newbie, it's kind of hard to really feel comfortable there. But you're right. On Royal Caribbean, they're very inviting. They're, they're, in fact, not only are they inviting, the minimums are also pretty low. When we were on Quantum of the Seas, right. the minimums for roulette were only $5 for bets, which is actually pretty low. Most of the times you go to land casino, they're going to start at $10 and, and maybe go up from there. So it, not only is it, A, a lower level of, of entry, which is always nice because less to bet, less to lose. <laughs> your money goes uh, longer. Absolutely. But also, but but I do love your – you brought up a great point. The, the the people that are there, both the players and 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 the people behind the tables, they're there to help you. And, and, and I really feel like they are pretty welcoming in that regard. So you shouldn't feel – you know, shy about asking questions, and and certainly, you know, if you want to learn a game, they're, they're, that's what they're there for. Yes. Um, and I mentioned land casinos. How would you compare uh, the casinos on board Royal Caribbean ships to land casinos? I think um, they're comparable, except like what you said, the buy-in to the table games is a lot less, which I think is a positive. Yep. Um. Uh, other than that, I find them pretty comparable with payouts and everything as for slots. Um, did you find it different? I found it pretty comparable except for what we talked about. Yeah, I think so. I think it's pretty comparable to most casinos. You know, I, I think they offer quite a bit. There's some minor differences in some land casinos like Atlantic City or Las Vegas. You might get free drinks for gaming. 
that's not the case in Royal Caribbean. That's, well, uh, unless you are a Club Royale member, then you ah, drinks while right. gaming. <laughs> there you go. Then we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. Um, yeah, so th- there's that. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, the only other thing that's probably worth mentioning is there is smoking still allowed in the casinos. That's true. Yeah. Um, so for I don't smoke, but obviously some people either. have an aversion to it. Um, but it's worth noting that you there is some smoking. Now, Jose had one more question about what time do they open? Oh, well, they have to be a certain amount of miles out to sea. That's right. So, so it's not necessarily can... a time, but it's when they get past this marker in the ocean. Um, it's usually about 30 minutes after sail away. That's what I've found it to be. Um, they get a call from the captain saying it's good to go, and they turn on the machines, and it's good to go. Um, it, except in Labadee or Coco Cay, they are allowed to keep their machines on because Royal Caribbean owns the islands. Absolutely. And the other thing to mention also on sea days, in the mornings they're not usually open. They usually I, On Quantum, they didn't open until about – like some of the tables didn't open until about noon. That's Maybe true. Just, yep. But the slots then, will open at 9. Yeah, so there you go. You can get your game on early, and then they're really open pretty much. I mean, I don't even. I've never. I'm, I'm happy to say I've never stayed long enough to figure out what time they do close. I'm not sure if you have, <laughs> Stephanie, but it's late into the night. Let's put it that it's way. It's late. I will say this though. Um, I don't know if you noticed that the new thing is if you put your CPass card, or if you're on Quantum or a ship with a WoW band, you swipe your WoW band. Um, you can earn points while you play. That's a great um, point. Let's let's talk about that a little bit. What are the what do the points get you, Stephanie? And how do you accumulate them? Okay, um, the points get you certain things like you can earn money for a free specialty restaurant. You can earn money for a T-shirt, a keychain. Um, a certain amount of points. I think it's like a thousand points. You get about fifteen dollars in play. Um, it's just different things like that. But what I was going to say is. Uh, usually the ships, I know definitely Oasis-class ships and um, Freedom-class ships do this. Uh, if you go between the hours of 9 and 11 in the morning, it's double points. So I do try to go then to get double points. You can rack it up faster. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's basically it's and, just and the, yeah, and you accumulate the points based on how much you gamble, right? It's just like right. you know any rewards program you've ever done. The more every, you spend, the more you get. Every point, every five dollars you spend, you get a point. Yeah, well, there you go. There's there's the breakdown for you, uh, perfectly stated. So we talked about the games, and we talked about let's talk about the tournaments and stuff that's available. So, kind of give us an idea of what kind of uh, tournaments and kind of organized gaming they they offer on board. Well, mostly every cruise offers a slot tournament. Yep. Um, it's usually a nominal fee to enter. It's not usually a lot. And um, you have to sign up with your casino host. They'll tell you when it is. It's usually a C day. And you just go and compete. And they, you know, they set it up for you. And if you win, you usually are placed into a drawing to get into one of their really big game ones. So, for instance, I'm, I'm looking at their special event calendar, and on Allure of the Sea in December, they have what's known as the 25,000 Royal Slot Tournament. So, for people who have been playing throughout the year, like the winner of each one gets invited to go on that cruise and compete for $25,000. That's pretty cool, if you ask me. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, there's also, of course, they have poker tournaments as well. I've seen right. those. And, and all these tournaments, by the way, are all advertised in the Cruise Compass if you don't already hear about it in the casino itself. So, you know, if you kind of have your eye on something like that, there's there's always that. The other thing we should probably mention, you know, this is, again, probably not likely to win anything. But we should mention, nonetheless, Stephanie, uh, that Royal Caribbean Crown and Anchor members do get their free slot polls with, oh, as yes. a perk. <laughs> and I think... <laughs> I'm sure there's some regulation that they have to. Someone has to win something eventually, but most people win nothing or a keychain. But hey, it's fun and it's free. It's the only time you can really gamble for free. There's a dedicated machine. You basically go to the cashier. You in the old days you'd bring your coupon from the Crown and Anchor, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm coupon used book. to now, Yeah, <laughs> nowadays you just bring your CPass card or your Wow Band. Say, hey, I'm here for my free slot pull. They give you a funky looking coin or coins. You go to the thing. You put it in. Odds are you win nothing. You feel good about it because, hey, it was a free chance at winning money. Uh, last year on the Allure, my fiancé and I were in the casino, and all of a sudden they said, um, would Jeremy Gentile, which that's my fiancé's name, come to the desk? Um, you have won something, but he didn't know what we didn't even know what they were doing but it was basically like a prize pack of royal caribbean stuff they were just doing random drawings but that was still pretty cool i mean he won a he won a collared shirt and a water bottle and just a bunch of royal caribbean stuff but it's just it's just fun and um it it was cool to have his name called out like that (laughs) i was hoping of course he won money but (laughs) (laughs) next best thing right absolutely um no, that that was it. Nah, All right. So let's talk about uh, the other thing, which you're you're a member of, and that, of course, is the Cl- Club Royale, which essentially is the would you call it the the I was going to call it the 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 uh, it's not the high limit gamers, but basically it's the gamers club, essentially, right? Correct. Yeah. Now, can you describe what exactly? How do you get into the club? What does the club get you, and why would you want to be in the club? Yes, I can. Um, now, let me say this: they they are in the process of changing how you get in and the level of gamer you are um, but they have not finalized anything yet and when I spoke to them a week ago they said they're not planning to finalize until 2016 so as of now there's two ways to get into Club Royale the first way is you basically have to spend a lot of money playing slots (laughs) you have to play three hours per day Betting $5 a spin. Now, you only have to do this on one cruise to get in. Once you're in, you don't have to keep betting that much. Um, And I know this because I did that once, and that's how I got in, and I can't afford to bet that much anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the other way is to... Uh, do it during a table game, but that's much harder because it's much harder for them to track you. So basically you have to say, I would like to be rated. And really the more money that you play with, the faster you'll get rated for table games. So they, when I spoke to them, they said, if you really want to be in the club, the best way is to do the slots. That was what they said. Yeah, and it's a good, it's a good point about the slots being easier because, again, with tables – the dealer essentially kind of guesses or guesstimates every now and then how much you've been playing. So it's not a direct. They may be right, they may be wrong, you know, but they're not going to be exact. So 
you know, in your favor, the at least with the slots, it's it's pretty straightforward because it's all computerized and and pretty simple. So, what once you're in the club, Stephanie? Once you've yeah. <laughs> once you've spent once you spent your life savings, right. <laughs> joking, of course. What uh, what does that get you? A lot of great stuff. First of all, you get twenty percent off any sailing. Wow. Um, any category of room. Um, sometimes it could be more. Uh, my New Year's Eve cruise last year, the published rate for a suite, I think, because it was New Year's Eve, everybody, it was like $11,000, but they were offering it to Club Royale members for, I think it was 6500 Now, I still couldn't afford that, so I still was in my balcony, but um, still, if that's way more than 20%. Um, they do that from time to time. Um, they... You have to stick your CPAS card in whenever you gamble because they track you. And, for instance, on my last cruise, I was able to accumulate $225. So I'm able to either take that off my next cruise, and that is combinable with the 20%, or... I can have the $225 waiting for me in cash at the casino. And I can either use it to play or I can walk away with the $225. I've never actually been able to walk away as I always come back to the casino. <laughs> but still, that those yep. are pretty good perks. Absolutely. And, of course, you mentioned something earlier, which was the, the free drinks, huh? Oh, yes. I forgot about the free drinks. Yes. You can have free drinks – um, while you're playing in the casino, they give you little vouchers, and any time I've ran out, they always give you more, and they always say that when you run out, come back, we'll give you more. Um, I think that's a great per- – I, I, like you, think they should give free drinks to everybody in the casino, but <laughs> that is a good perk of Royal, um, Club Royale. And one other thing they do is – um, they they offer these things called Beach Bash. It's usually done at the end of the year um, on a few different sailings. It's just a thank you. It's always done in Cozumel. So if you book on one of their sailings with a Beach Bash, they throw an exclusive barbecue for you and the other guests in your stateroom. And they give away really cool prizes, sometimes like iPads, and they have drawings. It's just a way to say thank you for... Spending your life fortune on them. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Stephanie, some really great information. Thank you for joining us. And, of course, before we let you go, yes. we, of course, ask all of our uh, podcast guests to share with us a little bit of information to get you to know a little bit better. So I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions. Just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Your favorite restaurant on a Royal Caribbean ship? It's got to be Chops. Ooh, it's a classic. It's hard to go wrong, right? Yes, it is. How about preferred drink while on a Royal Caribbean cruise? Maybe one you're getting for free in Club Royale. Well, uh, I <laughs> I like the fruity drinks, and I, so I like Love Connection. Wow, what, what's in, what kind of uh, liquor is in there? Rum. Rum. <laughs> Good That's the drink that they serve at the Love and Marriage game show, and it's like three different kinds of coladas. Oh, nice. I like that. Yeah. Nothing better than a nice fruity drink. Maybe even with a little umbrella in it. Oh, man, that's good. Yeah, exactly. Favorite port of call to visit? If it's the Eastern Caribbean, it would be St. Martin. If it's the Western, Grand Cayman. And lastly, your favorite song on the radio or iPod today? 
I Like Sugar by Maroon 5. That's a good song. It's catchy. All their songs it's are catchy. very catchy. Yeah, very good. Well, Stephanie, thank you again so much for joining us. Some great information. And hopefully uh, we'll be uh, talking more on – you're going to be joining me on the uh, Royal Caribbean blog group cruise. Isn't that right? I am. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to meet everybody and have a really wonderful time on board a great ship. Yeah, we're going to be on Alert of the Seas again uh, Sunday, February 21st, 2016. All of you are, are welcome. Everybody listening to my voice can, is welcome to join us, and, and it's going to be a great time. And actually, we were talking before the show. I, I, it was news to me that if you're a member of Club Royale, you actually get a discount on cruises that you mentioned, and that's combinable with our group cruise. So if you happen yes. to be a, a, a member of Club a royal just like stephanie you can leverage that benefit and still be able to join us by booking into our room package that's pretty neat yes any category of room i booked a junior suite i saved about eight hundred dollars and i was i made sure i was in the group that was very important to me and they assured me i am in the group so anybody out there who's a club royale member who was hesitant do it awesome well thank you again stephanie and we'll see you on board uh, allure absolutely thanks matt Once again, it's time to read your listener emails, one of my favorite things to do, because after all, we get to talk Royal Caribbean. And we're actually going to start off with a big thank you to everybody who's leaving these great reviews on iTunes. As you know, it's a one. Of, it's actually the best way, I was say, one of the best ways. It's the best way to say thank you to this podcast is by leaving a review on iTunes. It takes a couple minutes. It's free. It's easy. And my way of saying thank you for saying thank you is to say thank you by reading your reviews right here. And our first one this week is from JJT24, who writes, I found this podcast several months ago and have been hooked ever since. Matt provides a lot of really helpful information, tips, and perspective on all things related to cruising with the Royal Caribbean. It really helps pass the time during my commute, allowing me to think about my upcoming cruise. Keep up the great work. I look forward to the podcast every week. Thank you guys so much. Wonderful. Let's start off with an email from Dan Bixler of Riverview, Florida. Hi, Matt. Recently in a podcast, you read a fan email that talked about the racing, horse racing events on cruises in the past, and you asked to send information about that event. I was on Grandeur of the Seas twice before her refurbishment, and both times they did the horse racing. I don't remember all the details because I did not participate, but I do recall there were lanes on the pool deck, and you would race, quote-unquote, your stick figure horse to finish for a cash prize. I think you'd move ahead by answering questions correctly. I attached two pics from our cruise compass on from 2006. Hopefully this helps a little. Love the blog. Love the podcast. Thanks for all the hard work. Thank you very much, and... Sure enough, there's a photo which I can't share with you because it's a very much a – this is an audio-only show, but I'll read it to you. It's called The Owner's Horse Racing. Bet a hunch, win a bunch. Come and wager on ponies right here on board. And in this cruise, it was at 1 o'clock. Betting windows open and one thirty races begin over on the pool deck on deck 9. So that's pretty cool. I just completely over my head. Never saw it. Never – it never it wasn't I never even heard of it so pretty cool I love le- learning new things and thank you there Dan for for sharing with us we also had that uh, email last week about that so I am now well versed in horse racing or at least second hand <laughs> we have another email from Paul Westbrook um, East Brunswick New Jersey Matt hope you're well I love the recent Seattle Times article all that was about the embarkation day on Oasis of the Seas amazing in re- my question, though, is regarding the crew members who we love also dearly and their four months on, two months off schedules. Do they have experts that also evaluate that? Is that best for them, their health efficiency? Unbelievable that they have ship in service for five years straight. Also, the statistic they gave the cruisers are up uh, from 7 million 15 years ago to 17 million. Can the industry maintain that growth? Thanks for all you do. 
you know, that was a really interesting article, and I had posted a link to that. I'll post the link again in the show notes here. I posted it a couple weeks ago on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. And, you know, it's kind of an insight into basically the embarkation, the turnaround that Royal Caribbean has to do in order for people to get off the ship that are just done with the cruise. And then, of course, get everything ready for the next batch of passengers that are coming on board. Start a brand new cruise. And, you know, the the thing with it, I think this is a well-tuned thing uh, in terms of the program between how long their contracts are and all that. Of course, Royal Caribbean didn't invent this idea of the whole contracts and, and how this all works. This is an industry-wide practice, and, and I think it's worked out pretty well. I mean, the people that work there on the ship, they make a lot of money, and they get to send it back to their family. And obviously, I think it works, for the most part, pretty well. I think it's just about as well as any other job that's out there that is employing thousands of people. You know, any company like that, you're going to have some people who don't love it, some people that absolutely love it and really excel at it, some people that are in the middle, and, and really all over the place. But I think generally it works out pretty well. And, you know, talking to a lot of the staff and a lot of the crew members on board Royal Caribbean ships over the years, you know, they always, you know, seem to be pretty happy with it. I mean, you, I know that they're paid to be, you know, happy people in general, but... You know, when you start bringing up topics, you can usually tell if there's something underneath the surface, so to speak. But I really get the sense that, you know, I think that they enjoy their time there. It's a great opportunity for them to see parts of the world they may never have seen and be able to make some money, whether it's for themselves or, like I said earlier, sending it home to their family. Whatever the case may be, you know, I think it's a good experience. And like I said, they seem to enjoy it. So uh, the other question was about, you know, can the industry maintain the kind of growth that we're talking about over the last 15 years? And it's kind of interesting. You know, can they maintain that in North America? Probably not. I think they've kind of plateaued. I mean, they're going to have some small growth here, you know, like less than 5% per year. But what Royal Caribbean and a lot of the industry is seeing is obviously overseas growth because that's where it's really booming. So there's no question worldwide can they sustain that? Absolutely. And domestically or at least here in the United States or in Canada as well, you know, I think it's a harder sell just because they've really – I mean, it's not that people don't know the cruises don't exist, right, in the United States or in Canada. People know that. People know that also – to some extent, in in Europe, the difference in Europe is that Royal Caribbean is trying to really get more market share than so much becoming aware of cruising in general. In Asia, especially in China, cruising is very much a new type of travel. So it's not just a matter of saying, "Hey, there's this thing called Royal Caribbean." It's also, "Hey, there's this thing called Royal Caribbean," and it's things called cruising. And here's how it all works. And it's kind of you know a little bit of an education. And but there's a huge potential. I mean. It's, China, there's a billion people, right? I mean, even if you only get 10% of the market share, I mean, you've got a huge swath right there. And so far, everything looks like it's just up and up. Even Australia and New Zealand, man, their market is really booming. And there's no better evidence of that than the fact that Royal Caribbean is sending Ovation of the Seas, the third quantum class ship down there. So I think all that kind of shows that there is definitely the room for growth. That's why Royal Caribbean is really expanding out worldwide to be able to continue to grow and be able to, you know, obviously pay for new ships, do new innovations, and and really just continue moving forward with everything they're doing. So it's a really interesting question. Obviously, the direction Royal Caribbean's taking, some of the changes and some of the decisions they're making. Hey, that's what we as fans like to debate, and that's what this podcast is partially for. So hey, it's it's all good. But thank you for the email, Paul. Good question. Let's go to our next email it's from Christopher Percy. He writes, Matt, episode eighty six. Royal Caribbean cruise traditions, interesting traditions from both you and Michael. Certainly, Embarkation Day is one of them, and it just goes from there. The sail away is always exciting and really kicks off each cruise adventure. We've been cruising for nearly 20 years and have 54 under our belts. Wow, nice. One of our favorite ports to cruise out of is San Francisco. The view of the city, Alcatraz Island, and going underneath the Golden Gate Bridge is unique and lots of fun, too. We met some great people while cruising and have stayed good friends with many of them. Once everyone is in cruise mode, it seems the meeting and making new friends is very easy. 
I agree with you and Michael regarding the Daily Compass. We always look forward to returning to our room after dinner and the show, of course, and reading through the compass to plan our next day. We really enjoy the daily blog on Quantum of the Seas. Great job. Christopher, thank you so much for the email. Great to hear from you again. And boy, you hit a, hit a lot of uh, points that I agree with. You know, the thing about meeting people, I'll tell you, there is something about being on a cruise and just people are more friendly and outgoing and willing to talk. I was on Quantum of the Seas. I was waiting for my reservation at Devonly Decadence. And then there's the there's a bar over by, in the solarium, in fact. So I had some time to kill. I was like, all right, well, you know, let me go sit down here and and enjoy maybe a drink before my before my meal. And I was sitting down, I was talking to these this couple, and we started talking about, of course, cruising. And and we had a great conversation. It was wonderful. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure we would have ever struck up a conversation in any other environment. But being on a cruise, hey, man, it's it's that kind of great uh, discussion that can encompass. And actually, going back to our, our topic for this episode, the casino, it's another great place. We talked about kind of the people on board. And, you know, I've really found some really helpful people, people that are willing to you know, share their insights and and share their techniques, or just talk about what's going on on the ship. You know, it, it, again, friendliness—that's really the thing. And I, I think you really picked up on a on a good tip there about cruising traditions: is meeting new friends. Next, we have an email from our our good friend Chris, and Chris was on our recent episode. We talked about his uh cruise that he just took and Chris writes listening to today's podcast excellent as always and while I adore for lack of a more manly word your humor it got me thinking of something I came across while in research my brilliance of the seas cruise out of London narcotics even those prescribed regularly in the United States are not legal in all countries that you may be visiting on a cruise or in a country you may be embarking or disembarking in. As a result, it's always best to check before traveling to ensure that both your prescription and over-the-counter drugs are legal in the country you're traveling to. I'm heading out on Brilliant Season in July, so looking forward to that as well. Great information there, Chris. Thank you so much for sharing. And you're right. That's good information if you're on, if you take a certain prescription drug. And I'll be honest, I don't know which drugs tend to be like that that are not legal in other countries, but I'm sure a little bit of research in advance can help. So good stuff there. And of course he was, he sent me the email in regards to that joke I made about narcotics. And we were talking about that, uh, on, on that, uh, cruise preview episode on serenade, but, uh, you know what? Out of a, out of a silly joke like that, we get some good information. So there you go. My bad jokes are coming along. Don't worry. <laughs> Next, we have an email from Josh, who writes, My wife and I will be going on a four-night cruise on Enchantment of the Seas this July. We just got our 90 days until cruise email. This will be my fourth cruise with the Royal Caribbean, but the last one was nine years ago on our honeymoon. I'm extremely excited to take some time and relax, and I've been reading as much as I can to prepare. I found your blog and podcast last fall, and I've caught up on every episode of the podcast. I'm hoping you can answer a couple questions. Number one, in episode 77, where you discuss some five things about Enchantment of the Seas, you mentioned an area on the top of the ship where you can stand and look down at the ocean. What deck is this on, and how can I find it once on board? So for this answer, I actually texted my good friend Michael Poole. We, we and I were like, you know, text messaging BFFs, totally just, you know, <laughs> talking roller craving all the time. And uh, Michael said, actually, that they're located on the pool deck, and they're directly center of the arches. Remember those those large arches that were part of the ship's extension? That's where you're going to find them on there. And Josh also wants to know, we recently received notice of our itinerary had been reversed. Coco Cay was going to be the first stop, then Nassau, then the Sea Day. Now the Sea Day is first, wrapping up in Coco Cay. I've heard that the weather wind can impact whether we visit Coco Cay, so I'm wondering if it makes sense to try and book a beach day type of trip in Nassau in just in case we can't make it to Coco Cay. Also, if the weather does prevent us from tending Coco Cay, I'm wondering if they would just make it another sea day since we would have already been to Nassau. Just curious. Love the podcast and the recent live blogging. Thank you for taking the time to do this. This is a really good question, and you're right. And for those who aren't aware, uh-huh. Royal Caribbean's private island of Coco Cay in the Bahamas has a history, if you will, 
of having issues with being able to do tenders over there because of the strong winds, which lead to high waves, which lead to people not wanting to take tenders over to the islands. It's just simple physics here. The thing about it is, I mean, you know, it, it can happen. I'm not sure that you would necessarily, it's a bet, solid bet one way or the other. But yeah, you can have their instances, and I'm sure there's plenty of our listeners who can share stories of their days being canceled there because of the high winds, just kind of, the, again, nature of the area. So, should you plan on a beach day instead? So there's a couple things that come to mind. Number one, in terms of Nassau itself, I mean, Nassau is not the most exotic port you're ever going to visit in real life. There are some neat things to do there. There's no question about it. And probably one of the most popular things to do and one of the coolest things to do also is going to be going to the Atlantis Resort, which, of course, is a major resort destination right nearby Nassau. It's a very quick, uh, there's actually a, I was going to say a taxi ride, but I think there's also a water taxi that you can take as well. Regardless, it's very close. And in addition, to, it's a hotel, but what most people go down there for is for the beach access. You basically get a access to the resort's facilities as well as the beach, and there's a water park there, and that's a pretty cool thing to do. And from that standpoint, yeah, why not? Let's, you know, maybe plan for a beach. Because other than that, you know, there is some sightseeing to do in NASA, but honestly, it takes about, you could probably do most of it in, I would say, just a couple hours, you know, two, three hours max. There's shopping to do a little bit, but it's not like one of these ports where there is a huge amount of stuff to do or a lot of different options. There are options, don't get me wrong, but I think you're on the right track to plan for a beach day or even something where you're going to be in the water. Maybe you're going to do some sort of a snorkeling excursion, whatever the case may be. I think that's still a good plan. That way, if you are denied a stop in Coco Cay, you have the option of going there on the at the beach in Nassau. You're not you're you're not lost out on a complete beach experience. So I like the logic. The other thing that you asked about was what happens if they do cancel. Odds are you're just going to get a sea day. Uh, it's I think it's rare to have another port stop like in Freeport or in Nassau. I'm not saying it's never happened, but I think you're more than likely going to get a sea day out of it. So. If it gets canceled, positive thoughts, though, right? That, that, that's the name of the game there. Hopefully, you'll have a great time, Josh. Thanks for the email. And, of course, thank you to everybody for the wonderful emails, messages. Thank you to Michael Poole for helping us out here virtually via text message. <laughs> Love that. And, you know, if you want to be on the show, if you want to share your thoughts about Royal Caribbean, you have questions, whatever's on your mind about taking a Royal Caribbean cruise, I want to hear about it. I love it because, after all, this every episode, and it's still true. I created this podcast for you guys. I wanted this to be a forum, an opportunity for everybody to talk Royal Caribbean together because, of course, we're all we're friends here. And I really do consider all of you my friend, and we get to talk every week Royal Caribbean together. Send me an email, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Keep them coming. We love reading them. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.